Good afternoon. First of all, I want to uh, continue to pray for Brother May and his health. Uh, he's restored. And uh, because hopefully it's just sinuses. So again, just continue to pray for him. Um, and just thankful for the opportunity to, to come. I, I, me and Bobby made the joke earlier today about coming up here. So I want you all to know that I had a little time to prepare. So, you know, <laughs> so I don't want anybody to mislead anybody. However, though, I, I did want to take the time. Bobby mentioned something earlier about uh, before he came up here, he said, uh, you know, how he was thinking about how important it is to make sure he says the right thing and make sure his thoughts line with the word of God. And because that's, it's a very serious matter being up here and, and uh, understanding that it requires for us to take some time and make sure the things that we communicate are communicated only the word of God. And even when we go out and we're, we're telling people about Jesus and, and spreading the gospel, we need to make sure that we are lined up with the word of God because the things that we say are the things that we don't say can mean life or death for someone. So, again, it's a very, very serious thing. And, and uh, we make light of the situation, but it is we understand the, the responsibility and the obligation that we have when we're communicating the word of God. Amen. Uh, so uh, very briefly this evening, I, I got a few things working against me and I, and I know that off top. So I, I understand that it's the afternoon. Everyone has eaten. Everyone has fellowshiped, everyone is relaxing, their minds are beginning to kind of sift in, shift into that downward afternoon low. I understand that. I've been there. I've been there. And so what I will do is I will do what I got to do, get up here and get on down because I understand. <laughs> so uh, when I was in uh, Oregon, I was in Oregon for some training for, uh, I think, several months ago. I attended, I had the opportunity to attend uh, uh, a Church of Christ in Astoria, in Astoria, Oregon. And a brother by the name of Chris Knight was the minister there. And that morning, that Sunday morning I attended, he uh, shared a message. Uh, and I thought it was a, just a simple, very simple but potent message. And I said to myself, you know, I, I would, if I had the opportunity to share that message, I would love to be able to do it. And the opportunity arose today. And uh, it's, it was a lesson on Noah. And when I thought about the lesson, and we'll get into it, I thought about, you know, myself. And, and my wife always tells me, she says, you know, you probably need to start writing things down a little bit more. Because if I don't have, for me, I need a little structure. You know, if my things aren't written down, I start getting uncomfortable because I'm so used to having a structure, you know, line by line, what it is I'm going to do. And my wife tells me, she says, look, you need to write it down because when you don't, you get a little, you know, pretty much you're saying I'm getting annoying. So, and I got to, think, and I got to thinking about those things because I, I started thinking about how I am to my children. Uh, you know, and I realized when I became a parent how important it is for consistency and, and routine in children. So there are times when, when my kids will wake up and they're doing things. I'm like, what are you doing? And they'll, they'll communicate to me what I told them to do. And I said, oh, okay, okay. But the moment that I stop and I change my routine, it throws them off. You know, yeah. Yeah. When, when Simone takes Jeremiah to school some days and when I take them, there's, there's two different routines. So it throws them off. And sometimes he can be a little, you know, he can be a little, a little, a little annoying because he's so used to having those directions. And it made me think again about Noah, uh, because in the scripture that was read this, this afternoon will be what will be. And I'll read those scriptures again for emphasis. But again, we're just going to look at Noah because he, we understand that he built the ark. We understand why he built the ark. But what we'll do is we'll look at and we'll examine how he built the ark. So Genesis chapter 6, uh, 11 through 22, and we'll, I'm rereading for emphasis and for just for the lesson. Uh, the earth also was corrupt, verse 11. Before God, and the earth was filled with violence. So God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. 
Make yourself an ark of gopher wood, make rooms in the ark, and cover it inside and outside with pitch. And this is how you shall make it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, its width 50 cubits, and its height 30 cubits. You shall make a window for the ark, and you shall finish it to a cubit from above, and set the door of the ark in its side. You shall make it with lower, second, and third decks. And behold, I myself am bringing floodwaters on the earth, to destroy from under heaven all flesh in which is the breath of life. Everything that is on the earth shall die. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall go into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives, with you. And on every living thing of all flesh you shall bring every, two of every sort into the ark, to keep them alive with you, that shall be male and female, of the birds after their kind, of animals after their kind, and of every creeping thing of the earth after its kind. Two of every kind will come to you to keep them alive, and you shall take for yourself of all food that is eaten, and you shall gather it to yourself, and it shall be food for you and for them. Verse 22 is, thus Noah did according to all that God commanded him, so he did. Now we see Noah had quite a bit to do. Right? So in order for him to, to effectively do the things that God would have him do, Noah had, there are some characteristics that, not, uh, that Noah had as he did what God told him to do. And there, there, there are six points that we'll go over this evening and the lesson will be yours. Uh, but the first thing that Noah did when he received the instruction from God and he went out doing the will of God, he had listening ears. Uh, Noah understood that there was pending spiritual disaster. Again, God had already told him, listen, I, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this. So Noah had an understanding. So, okay, well, this is, this is coming. There's no getting around this because spiritually people have gone and done the things that they want to do. So Noah understood that. So now we need to have listening ears, which puts us in a place of comfort. Because, again, understand that Noah wasn't concerned. I, and, again, I wasn't there, but I would like to assume that Noah wasn't concerned about the things that were getting ready to come because there was a trust. And that trust in God gave him a comfort. So there was no need to worry about the pending spiritual disaster. Again, he gave Noah the blueprint. He was very specific in the cubits. He was very specific in the animals and the type of animals and how he wanted them and how he wanted the ark built. Very, very specific. Right? So it almost was as if Noah didn't have to think for himself because he was given the blueprint. My wife uh, can talk to me sometimes and, she, and she'll ask me, you know, are you listening? I was like, yeah, I hear you. And so she'll ask me again, I know you hear me, but are you listening? And a lot of times, you know, when we engage with the word of God, are we listening? Do we just hear the words, but are we actually taking the time to sit back and actively listen and realize what it is that God is telling us to do? What would God have us do in our lives? Again, Noah had to have listening ears to get that done. And Luke 8 and 18, it says, Therefore, take heed in how you hear. For whoever he has, to him more will be given. And whoever does not have, even what he seems to have, will be taken from him. So we've got to be specific. And we've got to take an active listening role in our lives. Because God is speaking to us through his words. And again, people can say things to us all the time. As, as I said, I tell my wife, yeah, I hear you. But she asks, are you listening? God wants to know, are we listening? Noah listened. So again, the lesson for us is to have those listening ears when we go about doing the things that God would have us do. The second thing that Noah had was active feet. Right? And Matthew 28:19, it says, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So there was action required. That go being that action verb. That go meaning you need to go out and do something. That means don't receive the instructions and sit on them. Mm -hmm. 
That means when you get them, that means go and you execute. For us, being in the military, I think I always say this to people that they made it easy for us because the only thing that we have to do is listen, receive the instructions, receive the order, and go do it. That's it. There are, there are no questions. So again, Noah understood that he had to have active feet. He couldn't sit back and wait for the ark to be built for him. He had to go out and do that himself. And so what that means for us is God means to use us. And he means to use us, so for us, there should be no hesitation. Amen. There should, Noah understood that there needed to be a sense of urgency connected with the instructions that he received from God. Imagine if Noah had waited. Imagine if Noah had said, you know what, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Imagine if he had taken his own time and not been active in what God had said. So now the question is, imagine ourselves, and how can we be hesitant? When God tells us to do something, we should do it. Because when we don't do it, that hesitation doesn't come from God. The hesitation comes from a lack of belief, a lack of trust, a dependency on ourselves to do things and to think that we have the mistake of feeling like we have enough time. Listen, the time that we have has been given to us, and it's a mercy and it's a grace from God. So we need to make sure that every bit of time that we have, we're doing something active in glorifying God and edifying the kingdom. So he had listening ears. And he had active feet. Mm -hmm. So now, reverent fear. For Noah to get out and under, understand the ark was, was no easy task. So for him to be able to have the confidence and the ability to build the ark, he had to have had reverent fear. Right? Because sometimes people tell me to do things and I have, listen, I'm not doing that. Because I, there is no reverent fear there. Like in my job, sometimes people will tell me to do things and I, and I have to question them like, well, wait now. Right. But God, Noah didn't have that. Noah didn't have the ability to do that because Noah was trusting completely in God. Because Noah was set apart. Noah had set himself apart by living a lifestyle that was in accordance with the word of God. So he had that reverent fear. And Noah understood who God was. So we need to understand who God is. And in Genesis chapter 6, we're still at 12. Looking at verse 12, it says, So God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. Now, what that's saying in simple terms is there was no reverent fear. No one cared. There was no immediate consequence, so no one had any real fear of who God was. They did what they wanted to do, how they wanted to do it, when they wanted to do it. Because, again, it's easy to do those things when you're not concerned about who God is and the power of God. You're not concerned about those things. Yeah. I can do what I want to do because yeah. I don't see any, there's no immediate consequence. What's the big deal? So, again, in the world that we live in, the same goes for us. Yeah. We see people, we, we are on the job, we're in school, we deal with people, and we know in their lives that there is no reverent fear. God's name has been turned into a common household name. Yeah. There is no reverent fear. Children, when they go to school, they can make jokes and haphazardly you know, reference God as if it means nothing to them. Because it doesn't. And we've got to understand that there is no reverent fear. But for us to be able to go about doing the will of God and understanding what God would have us do, there needs to be a reverent fear because we understand who he is. 2 Corinthians 7 and 1 says, Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Amen. Understanding who God is. We do these things because we understand who God is. And not only do we understand who God is, we understand what God can do. Right. We understand what we've been brought from. Understand that Jesus was sent down to us to spare us the wrath of God. Because God knew, hey, listen, you all ain't going to be able to do it. So he sent his son. So now we understand those things. We understand what's been done for us. So it makes it easier for us to have that reverent fear. 
Proverbs 9 and 10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, yeah. and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. That right there lets us know that we at least got some common sense because we know who God is. If we have that, we, we, we can build on that. Anything else is secondary, but if we have that right there, we know that we'll be all right because that right there is the beginning of wisdom. That right there can strengthen our understanding. John 3, 19 through 20. And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light, and does not come to the light, lest his deeds shall be exposed. Now, to be able to do that, to be able to live a lifestyle, knowing that you have light, that you have the ability to be exposed to light, but to continue to hold on to darkness and feel comfortable in darkness, that indicates a lack of reverent fear. And that's all it is. Now, we can, you know, throw out all kinds of terms. We can explain it in a way. We can get, justify any way that we want to. But what that is, is that is a lack of reverent fear for God and who he is and the power that he has and what he can do to us. But see, he gives us a way out, the light being Jesus. But again, a lot of times what happens is people are holding on to that darkness because if you have to deal with that light, guess what happens? The things that I've been doing in the darkness, guess what's going to happen to me? Exposure. Nobody wants to deal with that. So rather than deal with that, I, you know what? I would much rather not even have to deal with that to keep my secrets my secrets. Right? So again, not understanding that reverent fear is what moves us to obedience. Reverent fear moves us to understand who God is and the love and the forgiveness that he offers us. So we've got to understand those things. So when we're communicating the word of God to people, we've got to realize, listen, make sure we have that reverent fear. Those listening ears, that active, those active feet. Now, the fourth thing that Noah had when building the ark was he had working hands. Right? Look at verse 13. And God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Now, that's what, God said, that's what God's going to do. So now we've got what God's going to do. So now this is what Noah needs to be working with. 14 says, make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and outside with pitch. And this is how you shall make it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits. It's width 50 cubits and its height 30 cubits. So now you've got to have working hands. Again, you've got to be actively engaged in preparing those. You've had to be actively engaged in following those directions to a T. A lot of times uh, people can, I have a sister, and she can put together something. She can look at it on a box or whatever it is and not have to read instructions and put it together. Put it together. With no fear of whether or not it was put together correctly. She does that and says, hey, it's good to go. Me, I'm, it takes me a long time. My wife complains about how long it takes me to put stuff together because I'm so thorough. I'm trying to make sure there's every, every nut and bolt is in there. Wait a minute, did I forget that? Oh, wait a minute. I have to go back because that's how thorough I am. I understand it. Listen, if somebody is, if I'm, if I'm putting together a chair and I happen to miss a nut or a bolt, somebody's going to fall in that chair. And now someone's going to ask, who put this chair together? Now I got to claim it. So now the point I'm making is we've got to understand that we've got to be so thorough with our hands, understanding that we've got to allow God to guide our hands in the things that we do. Right? So, again, I told you, verse 13, God tells Noah what he was going to do. And at the same time, he tells Noah, you need to be doing this. This is what you need to be doing. This is exactly what you need to be doing. In other words, you need to get busy. You know, building an ark was a very, very challenging task. He says, you've got some work ahead. And again, the point I made about being very thorough with directions, do everything the way God said do it, the way that he commanded it. So in other words, we need to be continually 
and habitually engaging ourselves with the word of God so that we understand what it is that we are to do. A lot of times we, you know, we, we fool ourselves into thinking we're doing things because we're busy. Right? You know, we, can do, we can be doing things, constantly moving around, and when someone sees me, say for instance, I've, I've given that facade, someone sees me and they say, hey, hey, whoa, man, he is busy, that guy's got something going on. I remember, and I'm, and I'm telling on myself, I remember when I, sometimes when I was at my job and there's a lot going on, what I used to do is, I used to take a clipboard and I used to walk up and down the hallway, so if someone saw me and said, man, you are busy. And I used to always laugh to myself because there was never anything on the clipboard. There was never anything on the clipboard. So now, Brother May gave a lesson on Wednesday night once about uh, being busy. And busy uh, was communicated in an acronym. And the acronym was simply buried under Satan's yoke. Now, the devil can keep you busy. He can show enough to keep you distracted. And we can, in our minds, allow ourselves to think, hey, look, you know, I'm, I'm doing something. I know I'm doing something because I'm not sitting down. I'm, I'm doing something. I'm moving around. We need to understand that the work that we do needs to be glorifying God. We can't just do things for the sake of doing it. That's right. Because it says in uh, Psalm 127 and 1, Unless the Lord builds this house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. So listen, we can do a bunch of stuff like that. There's no stopping us doing that. But when we get down to the bottom line up front, are we doing things that are glorifying God, that are edifying the kingdom, that are bringing those souls to G Are we going out and doing the things that God would have us do, or are we just occupying ourselves? Right. So again, we have listening ears, active feet, reverent fear, working hands. Now, these are all the characteristics that Noah possessed when he built the ark. Again, for ourselves, these are characteristics that we should have when we go out doing the will of God. Right. Number five. Noah had a brave heart. Mm. Genesis 6 and 9 tells us, this is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations. Noah walked with God. And so now we know verse 13, it already says, uh, the end of the flesh has come, for the earth is filled with violence, and through them he's going to destroy the earth. Now, Noah set himself apart by doing the things that God would have him do. He walked with God. In other words, he constantly engaged and habitually was in constant communication with God, understanding the will of God and how God would have him live his life. Now, that sounds familiar, and it should to everyone in here because that's what we should be doing. Amen. We should be doing those things. We should have that brave heart because, again, we should stand out in a world that we live in. People should be able to identify us as, whoa, something's different about you all. Because we're standing out, because we have a brave heart. We're bold and we're courageous in our proclamation of who we are. Yeah. Romans 1 and 16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Understanding that that not being ashamed comes from, listen, I know what God has done for me. I know what he will do for me if I but continue to trust in him. I know that Jesus allows me the opportunity to be saved. It, Jesus allows me to take an example and apply it to my life. And I don't have to worry about the things that are going on in my life. But when we become distracted, again, when we allow ourselves to become busy, what we do is that bravery begins to kind of diminish a little bit. Because now we're worried about what people are going to think about us. Now we're worried about, you know, when we're at, uh, Bobby made the point earlier about saying prayers before you eat lunch at school. Mm -hmm. You know, how many of us take the time to openly pray and say, hey, you know what, God, thank you for the things that you've given me. Mm -hmm. Or as he said, you know, that kind of, oh, I'm done. 
We've got to make sure that the things that we do have the ability to glorify God because that's why we're doing it. Because again, as it already says, if we don't do those things and that's not the intent of our hearts, it's all in vain anyway. So we've got to make sure that we're continually examining ourselves. And Noah, and I, I would, I would, you know, I'm pretty confident in saying Noah examined himself on a daily basis mm-hmm. to be able to build the ark, the wonder that is the ark, to be able to do those things, being guided by God, his hands, having those working hands, those active feet, those listening ears, receiving the instruction of God. I think that Noah had to have had some bravery. Imagine during that time, people may have seen him building the ark, may have seen that going down. Imagine how many people probably talked about him and said, man, what you doing? What? Come on. It's not, even, it's not even raining. What are you talking about? But imagine that. Imagine us in our lives. We've got to remember that sometimes it, to other people, the things that we do when we're glorifying God, they're going to look strange. And they should. But that strangeness to them is confidence in God for us. So we've got to block all that out and be brave and be bold because, again, if we proclaim that Christ is our Savior, we've got to show him. And we listen, we're not trying to fool God. We're only fooling ourselves. So we've got to be true, and we've got to line up with the Word of God. All right? I'm almost done, y'all. Number six, final point. So up until this point, we have listening ears, active feet, reverent fear, working hands, a brave heart. And now, number six, what we have is concern for others. So understand that Noah saved his family. But understand how Noah saved his family. Noah saved his family because he trusted in God. Had he not trusted in God, he wouldn't have gone about the business of God, building the ark, ensuring that the safety of his family was there. He wouldn't have done those things. So that means he trusted in God and thus had the ability to save his family. Now his family had to trust him. Right? So that's saying something. Noah is leading his family, and his family may have said, hey, wait a minute, you know, you sure you need to build this? It doesn't say anywhere where he was questioned, so I can only assume that his family trusted God, um, trusted Noah, because they understood that Noah trusted God. So the, our belief and our faith and confidence in God has the ability to affect others. So our message, when we go out and we live our lives, and we say, hey, listen, you should come, you should come worship with me, and I am worship at such and such Church of Christ. And someone asks us, well, why? We need to have the ability to communicate to them. Why? Because we understand what God has done for us. And there is a concern there for that soul. So them asking the question, God has given us an opportunity to show that concern, to show that compassion, to show that empathy. Because why? Because that's what he's done for us. So 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abides through Christ. So now we understand that it's easy for us to go out and comfort someone. It's easy for us to go out and have compassion and concern for others because we realize that that's what God is doing for us in our lives. And we've got to understand that that should be our driving force. So again, this afternoon I just gave you some, a few characteristics uh, examining the actions and the understanding that Noah had when the word of God was communicated to him. And Noah, just to continue to recap, had listening ears, active feet, reverent fear, working hands, a brave heart, and a concern for others. Because again, we know that his family was saved. So now, the lesson is for us to examine ourselves and where we are when we go out 
doing the business of the Lord. And just remembering those things so when we go out for the rest of the day today, tomorrow, the Lord blesses us to see it. We need to ensure that we are looking at ourselves and living a lifestyle that is according to his word. We're not adding anything. We're not taking anything away. We're doing it exactly as he said do it. So now, if you're here today, you've been blessed to be here. And one thing I want to communicate is that if, you have, if you're here and you haven't had the ability to obey the gospel of Christ, understand that you are living according to a blueprint of your own design. Right? And a lot of times... It may seem good at the time, but you could be going in circles because that blueprint hasn't been given to you from God. Now, God makes it easy for us because he'll give you the blueprint, which is his word. You've had the ability to hear his word. Uh, Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So now understand that if you have a blueprint that has not been working for you, God is giving you something better. Trust and believe it's better because it's from God. So understand that his son Jesus lived a life, gave us an example, gave us a living blueprint of how to live our lives. His death, his sacrifice for us gives us the opportunity to be saved through him. His blood provides us. His life was the blueprint. So now the only thing that must be done is obey it, trust it, realize, listen, what I've been working with, that ain't going to work. And now if you are a member of his body, and again, you have begun to add things to the blueprint that God has given us. And you're wondering to yourself, well, why is it that I'm in this place that I'm in? Understand, listen, you're making it harder than it has to be because God has given you the instructions. The only thing that you need to do is have listening ears to the word of God, active feet in response to the word of God, have that reverent fear, understanding and knowing who God is, have those working hands being constantly busy edifying God, glorifying God, have a brave heart, having the ability to proclaim and be bold and say, hey, listen, this is what Christ has done for me. He has forgiven me because I've been living a lifestyle that may, have, that may not have been what God had me wanted me to do. But you know what? I'm going to be bold and say to myself, God, I, I was wrong. Hmm. That's what he affords us. That's the blueprint. Yeah. And also having that concern for others. So I trust and pray something here has been said uh, that is, will prick your heart and that will help you and if not help you, help someone else. So now uh, as we stand and sing the invitation song, consider these words. Yeah, not to temptation.